Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. State of the art, Japanese animation. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Otaku Host Club, your bi-weekly podcast for discussions on classic and modern anime that you love and adore. This week we have a review of Tokyo Sinks 2020, the new anime based on the disaster novel by Japanese writer Sakio Komatsu. We also will be discussing overhyped anime that your friends won't shut up about. Uh, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hell yeah, bitches. I just got an email confirmation from my Konata tattoo. Hell yeah. Oh, I have been wanting to get a tattoo for like a literal year. And COVID happened and they all got canceled. <laughs> my filing got in. I think if I were going to get an anime tattoo, I might get... Gurren Lagan doing the Gainax pose on my back, like a giant back piece. Hell yeah. That'd be really cool. You don't mean Gurren Lagagan. Gagagan? Gurren Lagagan. Gurren Gurren Lagan. Yeah, when I was in college, I wanted a Gundam tattoo. Hmm. That was like, that was going to be my first tattoo. Um, you don't have any, do you? Uh, you never got the first one. No, no. Dang. I, I change. I definitely have changed what I want. Um, now what do you want? Is it? Am I, is it too late to get a tattoo? Am I too old? No, it's probably um, better because if you are if you are too old, then I am too old, <laughs> sir. What are you talking about? Yeah, good point. I will literally tattoo you. Yeah, isn't it? Wouldn't it be better? And I'm. I don't know anything about tattoos, but. Wouldn't it be better because now your skin kind of is as it is and it won't change in the way that your skin changes um, as you grow older, right? Like get a tattoo in your 30s is better, likely to look better in your 30s than a tattoo that you got in your teens 20 years later. Well, I think that tattoo ink and like technology has grown significantly ah, since okay. we were young so like my tattoos that i got when i first turned 18 are all fucking blown out right now just because you didn't i didn't know you're supposed to wear sunscreen on them 24 7 i didn't know how to take care of them properly you know like all of that kind of stuff where like now if you get a tattoo now you're it's probably going to look exactly the same in 30 years if not like a little bit different just because oh, sure. of natural skin aging but like yeah like that and like when you're younger you don't really like know what you want so like a lot of the tattoos that i have like i would love to get covered up or like taken <laughs> off so like when you're 30 like you know you're kind of like the person that you're gonna be so like and yeah. when you're 30 you kind of like already know like okay well if i like anime i'm probably gonna like anime for the rest of my life so might as well just bite the bullet and put it permanently on my body for everyone Truth. to see i feel that <laughs> yeah but that's just me maybe yeah, that makes it, sense. In my thirties, I'm still playing in a band called Anal Butt, so clearly this is important to me, and I should just get anal butt tattooed on me, on yeah. my butt. 
I literally tried to Google your band. Um, don't do that. Just like don't even Google it at all. Because <laughs> those Google search results were, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried Googling this particular band of mine. But the recordings yeah. that we did with Steven are, are going to come out on a split seven inch eventually. I still have to go in and edit them and, and pull it all together. But that's nice. still on the books. Yeah. Nice. I guess we did two recording sessions with Steven in total because there's one where he plays drums and then one where it's me, Danny, and, and Steven in the car. And both of those will come out as split seven inches in the future. One is going to be a split seven inch with Frank Goshit for sure. And the other one, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do with, but I cut it for, you know, one edited it for one side of a seven inch. Mm -mm -mm. Nice. Yeah. So Steven will find his way on the vinyl. He's going to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is the Otaku Host Club. I am Jeff, lover of donuts, and I have a sangria, 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 ramune drink in my mouth, in my hand, <laughs> while my lips touch the drink. In your mouth? It's like Weird Ka Ka yeah, Kanye West through the wire, like Jeff is talking to you simultaneous <laughs> to drinking this drink. <laughs> hey, it's official. Kanye is running for president. Oh, but Damn. now it's official that he's not running for president. Please don't tell me I gave Kim Kardashian AIDS. That's gonna be the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, he He's going back on out. his promise. Goodness the gracious! Presidential dropout. He, Damn. What, he so he redacted his statement. Is what you're saying? Probably just so he could rap, rap about it later. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's disappointing in my opinion because I am a really big fan of Kanye West and I'm actually very into the idea of running him running for president. Not that I want him to be president at all. I just want him to be in more positions of public speaking. But it would be cool if he ran against Trump as a Republican. And I think that would actually go to show a, a fascinating angle of the Republican Party and who exactly you know would be the, the targeted voter base. But the way that it wound up panning out, it's like obviously just an attention grab and they just must have a new record coming out soon. You know, it's just like getting his name in the headlines. Are you sure? Because I'm reading Kanye schedules campaign event in South Carolina. Well, this is as of as of the 18th. I, I, I definitely read headlines that he has dropped out. Whether that has really? changed is okay. that that could be. But anyway, yes, I'm here too. I'm Dan. I am a Kanye West fan. I would not vote for him for president, but I would watch his campaigns. Nice. And I'm Amelia. And if I were an anime, I would definitely be overhyped. No, I don't think yeah. so. I mean, Jeez. in my life, Thanks. you are appropriately hyped. Thanks. I was just yeah. fishing for a compliment. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> The right level of hype. <laughs> All right. Today's show, we have overrated anime. Uh, something a little different this time around. Um, and we More, might throw in some underrated anime as well. Uh, we might. Plus, we have Japan Sinks. Yeah. Which, yeah, we, we, we all wound up watching independent of each other. Yes. Disregard. Yeah, we did not plan that so far in advance, but we did all watch mm -hmm. Japan Sinks. 
We we should have planned in advance and did a whole episode since it is one a Masaki Yuasa production and also on Netflix and that seems to be our trend is watching stuff that is on Netflix. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said about Japan Sinks, and I feel like all three of us have very different opinions about it. Yes, I feel like that as well. So I, but, <laughs> but before we go into Japan Sinks, I, I want to do our usual. What are we watching lately? And I kind of understand that you guys haven't been watching as much outside of of things related to this episode i i want to just chime in i'm still watching um mesami koku and i have a question to posit to, to you guys and to the audience in general if people want to chime in so we're so the the manager has the dog dog's name is suichiro right and suichiro is the name of the manager's dead husband and it's kind of implied that suichiro is reincarnated or that this dog has kind of taken upon you know the the dead husband you know or at least i as i watch this show i feel like that is kind of what we're supposed to draw from this is that suichiro has some of the emotional connection of the dead husband and is kind of like not a straight reincarnation but is like you know a a new he fills the role you know and we see this dog it routinely uh shows undying and and hyper energized affection for one of the manager's suitors this guy coach mitaka and coach mitaka is a great a plus suitor he's hot rich you know he's he's the ladies man he's got it going on but he is he is phobic of dogs he is absolutely terrified of dogs so the more soichiro the dog throws himself at Coach Mitaka and, and expresses his affection to Coach Mitaka, the more Coach Mitaka fucks up his chances with the manager because he's like, you know, he starts acting out and can't control himself very well and leads to all sorts of hilarious hijinks and whatnot. So my question is, do we think that Soichiro is expressing affection to Coach Mitaka because Coach Mitaka is the best suitor for the manager and he's better than Godai as a potential new partner, or is Soichiro doing this knowing that Coach Mitaka, uh, Soichiro, the dead husband, is using his newfound dog powers, knowing that Coach Mitaka is phobic of dogs, and the more that the dog throws himself on Coach Mitaka and rubs up against him and stuff, the more Coach Mitaka acts out and therefore blows his chances with the manager. So Suichiro is trying to um, sabotage Coach Mitaka so that Godai has better chances. Yeah, have you seen it, Jeff? Not all the way through. Okay, I've only yeah. seen like um, the first season and like in bits and pieces when I catch it um, while Steven is watching. Uh, but it is, I've asked this question about the dog because she, it seems like the dog does have like the husband inside of him, but I am under the impression that she is just projecting that into the dog and it's not actually her dead husband. So if for that, I would say that I just think it's a dog being a dog, but that's just like my perception yeah. of it because I don't think that the dog has any kind of magical powers. That's and fair. I also think that, that she should be with Godai. So I I think she should be with Coach Mitaka. Mm. I understand that Godai wins out in the end, and that this mm -hmm. is it's got a very beautiful ending. But I mean, Godai 
yeah, he's young and, and he's also kind of charismatic and in his own way, because you like kind of feel bad for him. He's like a very sympathetic character, but coach Mitaka, he's fucking hot. He's rich. He's got a car. He knows that he talks real smooth. Like if, no question. Like if I, I would, I would date coach Mitaka if I were the manager, right? Like mm, that's, that's, I wouldn't, that's the guy that you want to be a partner with. I think that's the guy that that most people have the perception of that they want to be with, but I don't think that in reality that's the case because like riches and cars don't really like make people happy, you know. Well, yeah, that's true, but it's. I mean, if it's a choice between a rich guy that is very cool and a poor guy that is very cool, all those things being equal, it is more satisfying to date the rich person that you know affords you a more luxurious lifestyle. Okay, now I'm. I get it. I'm a fucking capitalist pig. You know, I'm the fucking enemy. When the class war comes, send me under the guillotine. But I'm just saying. And Godai's grandma makes this point multiple times throughout the show. You know, Godai's grandma goes to bat for Coach Mitaka and tries to convince Godai to give up on the manager because Coach Mitaka is so much higher above. And she specifically makes the point that she also, you know, in a similar, she was in a similar parallel situation when she was younger and married the poor guy without any money and then jokingly says, yeah, and I regret it now because it fucking sucked being poor. I should have married the, the hot rich guy, you know? Oh, whatever, so, grandma, get off your horse. Yeah, like, I'm come just on. saying the show, <laughs> is not, the show is not unsympathetic to my view and that yeah. is part of what makes it a really great show. Hmm. Yeah, if we ever get around to our Miko Takahashi special, we gotta, we gotta dive into this one. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? I've also mm-hmm. made it Oh, sorry. It doesn't help that all their series are fucking like a hundred episodes or longer. Like, Jesus, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's I'm used to twelve episodes, like one and done. <laughs> I've also still been making my way through Cross Game, which nobody else seems to be doing anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot of seasonals that are happening right now, and like, oh, I really want to watch Cross Game. Um, I'm actually like only, I think. 15 episodes behind now. Right, okay. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I'm farther along than anyone else, but um there's so many seasonals and it's really hard to keep track of them all because all of them most well, I'm gonna say all of them, but like most of them are so good. Really? Okay. <laughs> like, so good. I'm having a really hard time like narrowing down what I'm going to watch and normally I'm like I'm dropping everything. What is this season even? I don't even, why, why is anime existing right now? But like, now I'm like, oh my God, there's too much, too much for my brain to consume. I really? can only watch one other show. <laughs> like, so that's why I only really watch Japan Sinks because like, um, I think I watched like two episodes are out for um, almost each of the anime. Mm. So probably, you know, it's like 25 episodes, something like that. <laughs> like plus probably. So, yeah, that's a lot. What's your number answer. one? Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kanojo Okurishimas. Um, that one is like literally my favorite. I'm ready for that as soon as it drops every day, every week. I mean, um, and then this other one that's like really raunchy. It's called um H X Arrows. Um, <laughs> it's about uh people that fight uh these like bug creatures with their um mm. with their arrow power so like their their sexy power they get they get all hot and bothered and then, then it turns into energy that uh they can use to fight bad guys interesting <laughs> and it sounds really stupid but i like really love it <laughs> 
An enemy has appeared before us. Quick, jack me off. Yeah. Well, touch my boobies. Uh, look at me. Ah! <laughs> oh, look at all my power. You're making me so horny. Look at all this horny power. <laughs> is this an isekai type um, show? What is this? No, I don't think it's an isekai. Uh, it's just etchy and like romantic comedy. Hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't know the tags because fucking Mal is down. So like I can't go back and look and see what the tags are, but it's definitely etchy, definitely comedy. Um, it kind of might be a harem cause there's a bunch of girls that he lives with that are like, um, like they also fight with their arrow power as well. Mm. Jeff's gargling. Uh, my throat's <sighs> really like, like, I can't get all the words out. Is it because you've been watching too much anime and yelling at the TV about it? That is partly true. Yeah, were you yelling at Japan sinks? Yes. I didn't find it that bad. <laughs> I just, before we dive in, all right, we, we, I know we're going to dive into Japan sinks. I just want to give a quick uh, point about Cross Game before we move on. I'm sorry to interrupt us and sidetrack us again. But Cross Game is so fucking good. And part of what I think is so great about this, I I ranted about this at length in the Discord, but it is so great because it is so understated. And somehow, all these years later, I remember all the baseball stuff in the show so clearly, but I totally forgot just how emotionally nuanced and how like powerfully understated and subtle that this show is. And it's just really like it it both tells the audience and shows the audience what it is trying to um, communicate. And it is, it just, it is a marvelous piece of work. And to really watch me go on and on and on about it, uh, get onto the Otaku, Otaku Melancholy Discord, where I continue to rant about this show to nobody because nobody else is actually watching it. <laughs> I'm at like episode 22 or 23. Oh, that's so pretty like, good. I'll, You're doing yeah, good. I'll, I'll be caught up soon. It was just like a little bit of a busy week, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Japan Sinks. The show, did it it sink or did it swim? Yeah, like I liked it. What did you guys think? Dan, go. I thought it was good, but it really tried hard in a way mm. that is is kind of unusual for Yuasa. Mm. Like when I when we look at something like Devil Man Crybaby, which is arguably like I, I thought this was very similar to Devil Man Crybaby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the same kind of love for hip hop. It's got the same kind of uh, sense of of realistic gore. It's got the same sense of, of kind of edgy, dangerous situations. And when you watch um, Devil Man Crybaby, I think all of this stuff comes together very neatly and it fits together very succinctly. It never feels like this show is trying too hard because it's very natural how it's all connected and, and, and organized, how it's all arranged. But in Japan Sinks, I felt like you know, every episode I felt like, man, this this guy is really trying hard to like, you know, convey this great tragedy and convey these like 
you know, crazy dire situations. You know, every episode has has one or two moments where it's like, all right, this is the big, this is the part that's really supposed to hit me hard, you know? And it's also very similar to Devilman Crybaby because in both shows, there's a young blonde guy that comes out of nowhere with all sorts of technological doohickeys. And for some reason, he's extremely rich and he just happens to solve everyone's problems until he doesn't and he runs off. But then he didn't actually run off. He is like, you know, actually doing it for everybody. And it, I was just struck by the, like, the, the, yeah, the similarity. Like, is this supposed to be a stand in for Yuasa himself? Like, why, why are we so fixated on having young blonde guys come out of nowhere with, you know, like young blonde hipsters that are so worldly and have <laughs> access to fancy technology that just come yeah. and solve all of our problems? I loved him as a character. I thought he was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> There were part- I think he's the white savior. I think it's he's really he's like the epitome of the white savior complex. Because this he comes sh- in and tries to save the day. This show is very yeah. like in a way that is different than other Iwasa shows. This show is very strictly about Japan and the feelings you have for your home country and, and like you know nationalism and whatnot. We see lots of characters that are like you know pure blooded Japanese only. I hate foreigners. You know you have people that randomly speak English throughout the show, and when they mm-hmm. speak English, there's somebody in their vicinity that goes, "Why the fuck are you speaking English? We're in Japan, dumbass. Speak Japanese." And yeah, but I mean, there's like multiracial representation, which is like what we want more of, right? Yes. I'm not. I don't think that that. Uh, I think that's a separate point altogether from the weird. And I, I guess I didn't exactly see this as like an inappropriate Japanese nationalism, because I'm sure that there are people out there that are watching this and, and, you know, they, they have this whole forced rap section where they all rap about like Japan sucks. No, actually no, Japan's kind of cool. I love that rap and, section. Yeah, that rap section was the best part of the show. I didn't, I thought again, I thought felt like, man, we are really trying hard to shoehorn our, our yeah. love of rap into the scene. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you guys not like, do you guys not like rap music? Dude, I fucking love rap music. What? Then why didn't you like it? It doesn't mean it's, it it works. It's contrived in my opinion. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jeff, and just start rambling over top of you because the white savior complex, as you, as you, as you point out, is an angle of this that I had not considered, but is extremely interesting. And I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, hear you ramble about it. Yeah, no, because if you think about his character and all the American um, references he makes, like a Mission Impossible, Die Hard references, he drives a fucking APC. Like, where does he get the APC from? He comes in, he saves the day, and then he's essentially trying to save Japan's archive, right? Not to give away too much, but th- there is information that he wants to uh, get out there, and he comes in and he's like, "Oh, the the, the poor Japanese girl and his brother, or her brother, you know, uh, they need to be saved," sort of thing. I don't know. I just saw it's a small parallel, and it's maybe maybe it's a stretch, but you know, going back to Double Man, he did look a lot like um, was it Akira? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, <laughs> I don't think that was a coincidence. Um, and I couldn't help but to think about Double Man because Double Man is 
on purpose it's purposely done in a way that is violent just like the the source material uh and apparently he toned it down even for for netflix hmm. and I, I all i can think about was all right so devil okay so he's taking these elements and he's trying to make it work for an american audience devil man felt japanese just felt like a Japanese show for an American audience. Interesting. That I mean, and that and that's just like a, a generalization. But I think that's that was my biggest gripe with it. Sad. I I felt like this was targeted so heavily towards a Japanese audience because the whole thing is about, uh, from my perspective, I, I took it as being about taking pride in Japan and like you know when Japan actually sinks, you know, is this the, the you know does this mean that the Japanese people have lost their culture and lost their identity or can they rise above that to still be japanese even if there's no actual japan that they would live in uh and the show seems to clearly answer yes you can be japanese anywhere on the damn earth because being japanese is more than you know the country of japan you can be a foreigner living in japan and you can be a japanese person living somewhere else and the culture is about the people more than the place. And I don't, yeah, I guess I, I don't think that's wrong or that that's some like, you know, uh, edgy opinion or anything. I like totally makes sense yeah. to me, but I don't know why you would care if you weren't Japanese. You know? I mean, the book is, I mean, the, the, the show is based on a novel from the seventies. Right. And I started reading oh. the book. Oh, I did not know that. I also Absolutely. did not know that. Yeah. So it came out in 1973. Um, the guy who wrote it took took nine years to complete. I think it's it's under three hundred pages. Um, but they've made two live action movies based on it, and the, based on the plots from those movies and from what I read from the book, um, he definitely took some liberties with plot. He really made it his show, I think. And I guess that's a good thing. You don't want to just like repeat what's been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over and over and over. Again. And he, he did the same thing with Devil Man Crybaby too, which is mm-hmm. quite a bit different than the original Devil Man. So I, I think mm-hmm. this is yeah the Uwasa way of doing things. That's his mm-hmm. mo. But I, think I this thought is the my brutal scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I just I was just saying that I think like the the scenes that happen based on like based on like other like disaster anime are like so brutal and hit you like so hard. Like comparatively, like I can only I can only think of like Tokyo Magnitude when I'm watching Japan Sinks because yeah. they're so similar. It's about a brother and a sister trying to survive this like crazy situation. And if I'm like comparing the two, I would much rather watch Japan Sinks than I would Tokyo. Really? Magnitude. I would rather watch Tokyo Magnitude, to be honest. Yeah, I just like the main character that they follow. I felt like didn't have the qualities in a character that I would want to see surviving that kind of situation. Like I know like at the end of Tokyo magnitude, she comes around and like, she realizes like, you know, whatever about it. But like the character that were the, like the family and like the brother and sister combo that we're following this time, I feel like I just like want to see them survive or I like want to see how they're going to get through it Mm. more than I would Tokyo magnitude, which is why I liked it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with. I think I'm. I prefer Tokyo Magnitude over. I think. I think 
uh, Tokyo Sinks feels um, like a disaster series that I don't want to say it's Americanized because I think I already said that, but it, yeah, it's sort of in that vein. And like they're both grounded in reality, but Tokyo magnitude is in reality more so. And I think a big part of that for me was the animation style and in uh, Tokyo what? Sinks. You don't, you don't you don't like all the crazy weird faces and and the body shapes I, that change throughout the entire series? Yeah, I <laughs> I realized that uh, I'm actually with Jeff here, and I don't have an eye for animation, but even I thought Japan Sinks was was kind of poorly animated and i'm sure that there are people that will argue that this is a stylistic thing rather than a it, quality it, thing but yeah even- I, f- I feel like it's definitely a stylistic thing because we've seen in if you go back to yuasa's older works like not kaiba but like mind game and um you can see that this is just kind of how he he animates because he does it in Devilman Crybaby, but in Devilman Crybaby, he's a little bit more stylish about it. He doesn't go like so wonky with the facial expressions. But I feel like in Japan Sinks, like it progressively gets worse because they are progressively like losing their stamina and losing their hope to survive. Oh, well, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't really considered yeah. that this was a intentional decision to show the the kind of unwinding of these people mm-hmm. through how they're animated. So. Okay, that's a pretty reasonable argument. I'll buy that. But like, not to say that I like super loved everything about it because I think the grandpa just like did not need to happen. And I think like the I think it was like episode eight or nine. I don't want to give away too much, but like when they're at the weird place, like what was the point of that? Like, I know the point was like to gather intel or to be safe in that situation, but like, I really just like felt like those two episodes. Yeah, I mean, need I, to happen. It was it, from a a logic standpoint, it is weird to me that they would like. I, I thought the idea was to get off Japan because it's sinking. Why? Why try to go to escape to a location that ostensibly mm-hmm. is going to fucking sink? You know, like what, what makes them think that's a long-term solution? Uh, yeah. Also, there are some, the most disturbing part about the, those episodes is that they take a shower with their clothes on. That's mm. weird. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is mm. up with that? I, uh, I, was, I was yelling at the screen. I oh, my like, God. Me too. F-? I was like, yeah. what? What? Why are your clothes on? <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that was truly fucking twisted and bizarre. Like, what? Like, what is it? Is, it's kind of like... Um, kind of breaks the the interior logic and reality of the show, right? Like these people are not <laughs> taking showers with their clothes on. Nobody fucking does that. Like How even if their even clothes are yourself? dirty, <laughs> yeah, even if their clothes are dirty and need to be washed, they would just take them off and wash them separately. Yeah, because they had laundry at this facility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah, just, that's just really weird. I Daniel. honestly think. <laughs> yeah, that fucking guy Daniel. Oh, or Daniel, whatever his I name thought, was. I thought, I thought you were gonna be like Daniel. Do you shower with your clothes on? Daniel, Daniel no. showers with his clothes on. He probably does. Uh, he he ruined it for me. Like that whole the character whole, of Daniel, not me the, specifically. Who is yeah, Daniel? Yes. Char- no, 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 no. Yeah, there's a character in the show. He is. What does you want, Daniel? <laughs> I for- he's a Yugoslavian guy Yugoslavian right and first you don't really know this or he says something he like lies I think well he's and- he's, he's a slot sorry to interrupt you but he is yeah. uh, 
he's a Slavic guy that left the country when Yugoslavia was undergoing, you know, their, their civil war and he went to the UK and then from the UK, he migrated to Japan. He just seemed very unnatural and he's like a comedian, right? He's comic relief in the show. And I did not find it funny. I found it disturbing. He was not funny. Like if he was trying to be comic relief, man, he was just like super annoying. Yeah, but I don't I don't think he was intended to be. He was not intended to be comic relief for the audience. I think he was because he he does specifically say when they go to the to the uh, religious spot, he says, my Mm. purpose is to make people laugh. I will, you know, like what what am I going to do within this, you know, little little uh, niche society i am going to be funny and bring joy to the people around me and that will be my contribution to the the kind of daily life of of you know this compound and yeah it's like yeah it's not actually funny like as as the audience watching this show it is never actually funny but i i understand the angle that they're going (laughs) for here you know i mean it's a shame that they couldn't make it so funny that it's actually funny to the audience but i I I I I never uh, I never thought the point was that he should be funny to me. I did mm-hmm. un- it did make sense to me that the point is that this guy is supposed to be interacting with the people around him that are all undergoing this trauma and this great stress together and he's like trying to lighten their moods and people have different responses to that based on mm-hmm. you know, kind of where they're at with processing their trauma. Also, I think that those episodes were just uh, an excuse for a rave scene. Because I think you also really loves rave scenes. Yeah. And that yeah. scene was really nice. I, I was enjoyed waiting, that. I was waiting for everyone to turn into fucking demons. Like in yeah. <laughs> Double Man Crybaby. Or like the do some kind scene. of like weird ritual or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was waiting. I also wanted that girl to smoke some weed. There's a lot of weed in the show. I know. Why didn't there she smoke some? She needed to calm her ass yeah, down. Yeah. Well, I felt like <laughs> I felt like every every big moment of this show seems so obvious to me. Like I was waiting and waiting for our main character to get her leg cut off. I like knew that was happening from the second episode. So they were they. I mean, they but, hinted at that throughout the entire show. So I'm surprised that it happened when it did and not earlier. Yeah. I I guess I had. I felt like because this show was trying so hard and it's like obvious that it's trying so hard, it becomes extremely predictable because it's like, all right, what do I think is the most shocking thing that would happen at this juncture? That is most assuredly what's going to happen next. Yeah. Hmm. And also it's it's, it's like the catalyst for you find the, you find the doctor who is going to save the day, right? Yeah, at, the, at that at that space. Why? Yeah, why was the doctor at that space? This so- uh, yeah, that was that was the one thing I couldn't get a hold of. And also, it, like- it befuddled me that he's there doing. He's like blinking his eyes and tapping his finger in Morse code, and nobody ever picks that up. Like that was like, the <laughs> first thing that popped into my mind when you watch <laughs> like, this guy blinking no like that. Yeah, like if I see somebody blinking like that and they're paraplegic, I would assume that they are trying to communicate in some way. You know, yeah. like nobody fucking blinks like that unless it's an intentional decision that they ought to blink like that. So mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's shocking to me that there were multiple characters, multiple people wandering around this this hospital room, and it takes you know two episodes before somebody goes, "Hey, why are you blinking in such a weird way?" And then another twenty, you know, fifteen minutes before they're like, "Wait, 
are you like trying to communicate by blinking in a weird way? Like, uh, <laughs> why, why the fuck else would someone be blinking like that, man? <laughs> like <Yeah>. only, also, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he was blinking the whole time. Like there are instances where they're like chatting, they're chatting it up. They're like not paying attention to this guy. And he's like tapping his fingers and blinking like for the entirety of the rest of the anime. Yeah. And I was like, can anyone pay attention to him at all? Like, are you just like ignoring it? Like what is happening? He's clearly tapping. I know you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I thought it had a good start. I thought it had a good start and a good end. It yes. was just the middle just got a little weird. Yeah, like, and I, I agree that Grandpa does not hold his own weight all that well. There are parts about Grandpa that I thought were interesting and, and more like thematically, thematically relevant, but the whole Grandpa's going to liberate this autistic child because he knows that it's not actually his grandchild, but also like he doesn't really care because it could be. Like, uh, very messy motivations for some pretty serious action. Yeah, yeah. But we all know, and this is something that that we discussed off the podcast at great length. We all know that the (laughs) real antagonist of this show is the fucking grandma that steals the main character's water bottle in the second episode. (laughs) No, no, absolutely outrageous. No. No, that grandma was just minding her own business trying to hang out with grandpa and the one girl feels so guilty because she left her friends behind that she's like hmm i'm gonna go do this good deed dad give me the water because i'm gonna go give him some water and she takes the entire water bottle like why couldn't she have like you know like put some water into an empty bottle if that was their last water bottle you know what i mean and then so she goes over and she gives this grandma the water bottle and the grandma takes a sip the grandpa takes a sip and then the grandma puts it in her purse for later yeah but it's outrageous because clearly the main characters uh she was not intending to just give away this water bottle she said hey would you like some water you know the social cue here is that you would take a sip and then give it back and say, oh, thanks for the water. Great thing I'm not going to die of dehydration in the next 20 minutes. Well, see, my argument is that if you're giving somebody something, you kind of have to give it all or, like, not give it at all. You know what I mean? You got to be ready for them to accept the gift, and if the gift is a full-ass water bottle, then, like, you got to be ready to let that go. Yeah, Amelia and I texted back and forth a very, (laughs) like, rabid argument about the morality (laughs) of this for about 30 minutes. So I don't know how, like... You How do not have to give until it hurts for it to qualify as being nice. It is nice no. of this woman who no. just give a little bit of no, water. No, but her <laughs> intentions were not kindness. That's where my issue is. Her issue was she wanted to make up for what she did earlier in the series, and it was with this full ass water bottle. But I don't. But I don't I don't think her I don't think her motivations really matter in the depth of how not like if you do something nice out of being guilty, it is still nice. You know, like if you do something fucked up and then for a completely to a completely unrelated person, you do something nice because you're trying to you know strike some kind of karmatic balance that doesn't undo the niceness of what you just did. It's still a nice action in and of itself. You know, it may not be reflective of yourself as being a nice person, but the action itself is still nice. 
And you can, it is, it is nice. To is it, is it here, grandma, you can have a sip, but give me that back. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I would give say. Me it back. If I were, I felt like that grandma was, was predatory. It was like, <laughs> oh, this young woman's going to be too awkward to ask for <laughs> she, it back. So I can just rip her off and feel the whole damn water, you know, like the grandma that, didn't even ask for the water. That's the thing. Like the girl took it upon herself. Like maybe yeah. that grandma was not dying of thirst. Well, then she could have <laughs> just said, oh no, thanks. I'm fine. You know, like. But if I were if I were our main character, I would be like, "Excuse me, could I have my water back? I need to get going." Now. Like I'd I would be like, "Um, why can't I have it all? I'm gonna die." <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna fucking die. I am not <laughs> intending to give until it hurts you. I'm intending. I mean, to, to be honest, some of my wealth. She should have thought that, like, "Hey, I have." five people in my party and this is the last water bottle and I'm not sure when I'm going to get more water but I should probably save it for the five other people that I actually care about instead of trying to redeem myself in karmic points with this grandma yeah yeah it, that's it, it what was, should it, have happened it was irresponsible of her but the grandma accepted water. the gift that she gave her so <laughs> yeah that grandma's a piece of shit in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, just a straight up predatory well, bitch. Jeff, do you have anything she, to say about this issue? Let's just say that they didn't make it. <laughs> they did not make it to the boat. So L- that, literally that no one makes it. Gift. That was Mari's parting gift to this, cu- this old couple. Uh, if right. I were her. They found water, okay? They found more water, yeah. so. <laughs> well. I'll say that she deserved it because she did leave her classmates. Yeah, see, I, thank you. I, thank so, you. Yeah, this is, you. this is something that we talked about on, on our texting, too. But I actually think it's more fucked up of the grandma fill that water bottle <laughs> than of our main character to abandon all of her friends in an emergency situation. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. well, you could argue. So the reason the reason why I think that it's more fucked up, that the grandma is more fucked up than our main character is because it, when you are faced with a tremendous amount of trauma and and like you're you're terrified and there's like an ongoing situation an ongoing emergency situation around you you are not guaranteed to be at your best right like you it is entirely feasible that you get stuck in a fight or flight response and you just like run away scared and i i understand that at different points in my time in my life i've really like advocated against um, what I'm saying right now and, and that I've had the exact opposite position and, but, but in, in the, in a life or death situation, you know, where there's actual threat of physical harm and like your, your, you know, your actual death of your physical life would be imminent. I am, I am accepting of the idea that, yeah, somebody might just get scared and run away. And that is not the best you know, that is not someone at their best. That's not the best thing to do. And it's not even necessarily the morally right thing to do, but it is an understandable reaction because you're fucking scared. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, I don't expect people, you know, there are situations where I expect people to rise to the challenge and to find courage, but you know, threat to one's physical well-being in an ongoing emergency situation around them, not necessarily where I expect someone to rise to the challenge, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, or, or like the flip side of that, is this fucking grandma is just sitting in the shade on the side of the road. She is clearly not in any kind of emergency situation. She's not like on the ground grasping her throat, reaching out to the clouds like, please give me water. I'm dying of <laughs> thirst at this exact moment. If I don't get water in the next 30 seconds, like that's it. You know, like we, we can assume based on context 
that she is just going about her business in this post-apocalyptic Japan. And she's just sitting and chilling because they're tired of walking around. And she's not an imminent threat of her life. She's not an imminent mm. threat for her safety and her well-being. But she takes that water bottle anyway because she's a fucking bitch. Because she, <laughs> <laughs> because she okay, knows but like, okay, she can get away okay, with it. Okay, okay, because she, but knows, Mary- she knows that she has more. She stands to gain from this unfair transaction by stealing this person's water bottle at the damage of the person <laughs> offering it to her. But, but why would Mary even think that that lady wanted a water bottle if she wasn't gasping for water and gonna about to, like, why would you even care about these people? Well, like, why would you care nice, about your own family? Nice. No, because you're fucking guilty. <laughs> Did you feel guilty? <laughs> yeah, well, they, apparently in Japanese culture, the, the elderly are You gotta respect your elders, baby. Well, they're considered to be uh, weight in Japanese society. Dead fucking weight. They're dead weight. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah. I, I, I don't Same think with they're dead with, weight, but, they're, but Japanese culture usually respects their elders, which is why you have the class system that you have. You know, you call your ba. You know what I mean? Like, um, but they'd rather sacrifice themselves in in order to save, yeah, the rest, yeah, if they're if they're weighing them down, yeah, that's that was that would be my understanding from what I've from what I've heard, um, I've read about. I was gonna Hmm. say something else, but now I forgot. (laughs) Water bottle. It was probably something good, so, too. Yeah, do we, uh, I mean, how would we survive if we were stuck in such a situation? That is what I wanted to talk about. So I've been in a couple situations, um, specifically like car accidents, where like you either need to rise to the occasion or everything is going to spiral out of control. And in those situations, I am a person like, I will rise to the occasion. I'm like one of those people that like, if a crisis is happening, like I know exactly what we need to do. And I'm about, and anyone in my near vicinity is going to survive because I know exactly what to do. Like, I'm not like a survivalist or anything. I just like have like these instinctual like reactions to things. So in that situation, like I would have recognized that that grandma is fine and I would not need to give them my water. So, yeah. so I, so I am just like, well, I mean, the bitch gave her the water. So like, she can't be mad about it. Yeah. I, I also think in my own life, I've, I have at various points displayed that I too will rise to the occasion and do what I think is the morally right thing. Even if it's scary or even if uh, there is risk to myself. Um, would I share my water with that grandma? No, no. I would not because I am much more apt to do things for people I know and people that are my friends or people that I would see as my community than I am Mm -hmm. to random individuals just sitting on the side of the highway, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm ride or die if you're my friend. So like, you're going to be fine. But yeah, well, that gra- you know. that grandma on that side of the street. You ain't gonna be fine, grandma. You better find someone that can take <laughs> care of you. <laughs> yeah, but most of their party ends up in some capa- some capacity dying or. But I feel like seems like everyone they're with, everyone I, that Marie's with. Mm, well, I feel like it. their party was was like, uh, pretty lucky because a lot of people like at least like three of them survived, you know, I feel like most people in that situation sunk with Japan, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. So how about how about our main character getting off the boat and then running off? I thought that was awfully selfish and stupid. Uh, he knew what he was doing, though. Mari? No, Kite. Uh, talking, yeah, we're talking about, about Kite, right? I am not talking about Kite getting on the balloon and, and at the end. Okay. I'm talking about Mari getting on the cruise ship to you know escape the sinking Japan. Uh, you know, she gets a fast track to it because she's a track, you know, high school track star, and they want to grab all the special talented youth and pull them out of Japan while they still can. And yeah, then I mean, she gets all she gets on the boat, and then at the last second is like, "Wait, my mom has a critical health condition; is going to die at any moment. So I really ought to get off the boat and spend, <laughs> you know, my mom's last, you know, last living time together as a family." And I, I just, I just feel like that is very is a very like selfish and small way of thinking about life, about your relationship. Um, I feel like I feel like she wanted to again make up for not leaving in that instance she's like oh well if i leave my mom now i'm just leaving everyone that i've ever known and uh mm. like thriving so i want to see this through with my mom with my brother with everyone that i know like i want to make sure that they're all safe she could have got that that leg fixed like 10 times she literally could have <laughs> Like, yeah. What the fuck? What? Yeah. You don't say like, "Owie, <laughs> I got a cut on my leg." Owie. Yeah. And the fact let's that no find one some neosporin. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to this grocery store. Let's find some neosporin. I want to talk mm. about the um, the the crater situation when kite when we first see kite. Oh yeah. Um, I predicted that shit from the beginning because of Dr. Stone. So if y'all have seen Dr. Stone, there's like an, uh, an episode where they have to go collect this crazy like ingredient at the bottom of this lake. And he has to like fashion some kind of like uh, scuba gear so he can breathe under this water because the lake emits this like poisonous gas. And if you breathe it in, you're instantaneously dead. But there's something about the gas that makes it only like rise off of the, the lake. Mm. But, um, uh, so like when that was happening, when, um, in Japan sinks, I was like, shit, that's some poisonous gas, bitch. They're like, don't go down there. Don't put your head down. Like, <laughs> and I was like, man, Dr. Stone, you really, you really taught me something. <laughs> I really took away something from that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the poisonous gas rising out of the ground isn't isn't that a real thing? Like, doesn't that actually happen in real life? Yeah, it's an actual like thing that ha like happens. So and that's and that's what Doctor Stone I think tries to portray is a lot of like real life natural occurrences. Right. And um, they explain the science behind it and how to you know deal with it. So like yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that the realism of, of that is a little known fact, right? Because I I I do feel like. I'm assuming that the average person does not consciously think about the possibility of poisonous gas leaking out of the earth in earthquake type situations, but that is actually a thing that happens. Yes. Oh my, Jeff, you've seen Dr. Stone, right? I have. Yes. Were you, were you just the same as me in that situation where you're like, I, I know what's happening. 
I did not think of that what? until you just said it. Yeah. Whoa! I was it like, damn, sense. thank you, Dr. Stone, for like making me see through this <laughs> situation. There should be a Dr. Stone travel guide or like Hell you know, yeah. User guide. Well, I have wanted to make a Senku Cola. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> there are YouTube videos out there, aren't there? There are. Aren't and there? I'm not gonna make one, but I definitely want to try yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trend has passed. Maybe there's one for uh, Ramune. Ooh. Homemade Ramune. It's just sugar and seltzer water. <laughs> what else is there? Yeah. What else is there in life? Uh, one of my favorite moments in this show uh, was when they were on the water in that lifeboat. And the two mate, the, the brother and sister are trapped on this little boat. And with the old man, the fisherman. Literally, like, oh my god. Yeah, that, yes. that was actually pretty anxiety-inducing. Yes, it, oh my yeah. god. It, it was a lot like Life of, uh, Life of Pi mm -hmm. in, in, in a lot of ways, like, except, you know, small differences in who was on the boat. But uh, they're surviving for, I guess, what, two days? At least two or three days? Yeah, like, I was so confused because I thought they were they were... It was like over the span of one night. And I was like, why is it still nighttime? Why mm -hmm. is this entire episode nighttime? And then I didn't mm -hmm. realize that because the volcano erupted, that like shit happens in the air and you can't see the sun mm -hmm. because of it. Mm -hmm. so I was like so yeah. thrown off and I was like, oh my God, why is it still night? What is happening? I have anxiety right now. Like I can't handle this. <laughs> it was beautiful the way they animated the water mm -hmm. in that. Um, <laughs> but the old man eventually perishes right they wake up and he's killed over on the side of the boat his body's hanging out there's seagulls flapping around eating his body and then a great white shark <laughs> comes out of nowhere ah! fucking eats him ah! i was like yeah <laughs> i was so like, happy oh my God. i really thought that the that the, the shark was going to try and eat the boat <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, there's a fucking well, shark in the water. If it, if it turned the jaws, then I would have turned the show off. And been <laughs> All right, if that happens, nah, I'm done. But, you know, there's survival, you know, to get in the hole in the boat and stuff like that. And the, the shark, ah, I love uh, that scene. It's, it's giving me goosebumps to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I viewed, like, when, when we see the dead body of the captain... He's halfway out the door, right? He's literally like his front half is in the water and has been eaten away and his back half is still inside this lifeboat. So I, I assumed that this guy in his dying moments tried to throw himself overboard so that these young people wouldn't have to deal with his corpse, but he just didn't have the strength to make it all the way. And I thought, wow, that was very, very noble of the captain. Uh, you know, that's cool. I, I feel that. Um, yeah, but still, they uh, he tried and failed, and we got a gratuitous scene of seagulls tearing this guy's body apart. <laughs> Damn, poor Mary, man, she's got to deal with all that shit. <laughs> like, a lot of, yeah, PTSD. she has to deal with a lot of stuff in this series, and like, I don't know, I, they don't ever like show her at like a breaking point. I mean, like she argues with her mom a lot, uh, but like they never show like like when either any of them are like just fucking like breaking down. And I feel like there are definitely a lot of moments where I would have just been like, fuck everything. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't handle this anymore. And I, I think this is why I personally like Tokyo magnitude 8.0 a little bit more. Cause I think Tokyo magnitude is more character driven and it, it's more 
more about the people and their emotional and their emotions. And it's not nearly as dramatic a show as Japan Sinks, but I think it does better for being a more character-driven show in comparison to Japan Sinks, which I thought was very plot-driven. You just have these people just cast into this crazy uh, sequence of events and it's just, you know, wild stuff happening left and right. Like, you know, every episode somebody dies, uh, there's a rape scene and there's drugs, you know, just, just about every episode. And it, it just feels, yeah, it feel, felt too forced and too like uh, wham, bam, kabam. Like there's too much being put into these people's lives to a point where it's just kind of absurd in comparison to a more character driven show like Tokyo Magnitude, where it's just people really grappling with this emergency situation around them and how they feel about it. I don't think we ever got the same level of emotional introspection out of Japan Sinks. And instead what we get is people rapping about whether Japan is cool or not. Well, <laughs> I, th- I think that I think the reason why I like Japan Sinks more is because it's more plot driven and it's more about the situations that are mm. happening and not about the characters because uh, I didn't really like connect with any of the characters in Tokyo Magnitude. So like to see something that's like not about an earthquake like yes it does have earthquakes in it it is kind of about that but it's like about a chain of events that happens when like the earth is just literally sinking or like literally falling apart and i like that aspect Mm. about uh disaster anime or like disaster things more like how are these people going to try and survive this this next crazy thing that they've got to deal with on top of everything else yeah, that's and fair. I still really like the rap scene, okay? Because it was <laughs> fun, and it broke up the moment, and Mary finally just like chilled the fuck out and did a little rap. You know, they even had the paraplegic guy try to rap in Morse code. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then he was like, "I'll punch the people who mock me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I mean, the rap work, the rap was corny, but I really loved it. <laughs> yeah, um, I. Uh... I mean, yeah, th- this is this is possibly on par with everybody taking a shower with their clothes on in terms of just complete <laughs> unbelievability. No, because mm, no. there is no, no way that all of those people no. are freestyle rapping well. Like right they off. aren't though. They they get progressively better once they start rapping. They start out really terrible, and it's just a sentence, and then they turn it into a beautiful soliloquy. Yeah. I thought the rapping in Devilman Crybaby was more appropriate. Yeah, I thought so too. In that in that essence, like they like they're they're in what? that culture. And, but it, but you know, like they, those those characters seem like they would be rapping, maybe like freestyle in in the street or off a pier. Yeah, exactly. But why can't you guys just get down with a random rap scene? Okay, because <laughs> like, I know plenty of people who would not rap well in that situation. Yeah, they didn't awful. rap well. They didn't Absolutely rap well. Awful. It was a terrible it's, rap. Yeah, well, I guess if we we could understand Japanese better, I guess it would. Probably not sound that great, but yeah, they did have they did have the rhythm down. They did. That. Yeah, they did have the rhythm down. Yeah, give these non-rappers credit for rapping on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what so, threw me off the most in in Japan sings is like that little kid saying random ass English. I could not handle yeah. that. I wish he would stop. Yeah, the random the random English is is kind of weird. <laughs> I must be a dreaming. 
That's cool. Whoa, awesome! Like it, it clearly the shit. Like the show felt like it needed this random English in order to get somebody in the vicinity to be like, "Stop speaking English for Japanese here," you know. Yeah. And, and it was like mm. part of forcing a a theme of you know Japanese pride and like. You know, can you be Japanese if you're not speaking Japanese? And like, is it really worth hating non-Japanese people? Like, yeah. I, and they were just like establishing that these these kids were half Japanese. You know? Yeah. I think it just like kept re-establishing, like, hey guys, the the characters that you're watching right now are half Japanese. They are not full Japanese, which is why everything is happening the way it is. Yeah. But yeah. Asian boss does a great um, has some great videos interviewing. Uh, how was it a hafu? Was that what yeah. they're? The, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. So, yeah, they they go around and um, I, I go up to random people who look American or European or black, and who are biracial, and they're usually pretty. They're usually pretty open to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one episode, the the the, the host asks one guy, "Do you?" Um, did you ever have any discrimination growing up in school or was anyone ever biased towards you? And he couldn't think of any moments. So I thought that was great. Like, Oh, that's amazing. I think the Japanese probably more, even though people say, Oh, the Japanese are racist, yada, yada, yada against, you know, Chinese because of world war, world war two or mm-hmm. Americans because we blew them up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it seems like they're pretty, Empathetic or at least sympathetic. I don't know. At least to your face. Yeah. At least to your face. At least That's, to your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, and maybe it's a generational thing too. I think it, a big part of it is. Oh, a generational for gap. sure. For sure. I feel like the younger generation, because I do watch a lot of those, um, you know, uh, Japanese people, like Japanese interviews are like, we're going to, we're going to find out what uh, foreigners like in Japanese boys, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I do feel like the younger generation has a little bit more of an open mind than the older generation. Yeah. I, I mean, my, I have definitely had people yell at me for speaking English in Japan. In, in really? My life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Me and Joni were at a, a, a bathhouse in Sendai and we were talking and the guy next to us started complaining to Joni, like, why the fuck are you speaking English? Like speak, speak Japanese, and that's and that's not unique to Japan. I've had the same thing. I, I had the same thing happen to me twice in Bordeaux, France, when I was staying with Fabro from Gas Mask Terror. You know, and this is even like I'm I'm with Remy from from um, Honda Honda having dinner with him and his girlfriend at their apartment, and they have the windows open, and the guy we're you know we're talking in English, and the guy in the apartment next door, you know, like across the way with our through our open windows starts yelling at Remy, like, why the fuck are you speaking English? Speak French, you know? This is France. What? Speak French. Um, That's crazy to me, because, like, you can speak whatever language you want to speak. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, but I, I, the, my point is more that this kind of nationalism is not unique to America, nor is it unique to Japan. It's like, this is a worldwide thing where there are people all over the world that think, oh, you know, my, this is my country. So we do things, you know, this specific way. And if you don't do things this specific way, then why the fuck are you in this specific country? You know, and, and because I wanted to visit. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, <laughs> anybody that thinks like that is basically just a fucking asshole, right? They just mm-hmm. have a very yeah. small and poorly developed worldview. Um, There's plenty of Americans who, you know, you hear Spanish. Oh yeah, and speak of course. Spanish, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, 
this is don't speak Spanish in America. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a huge stereotype in the U.S. too, where there's like always some fucking stupid American that hears somebody speaking something other than English and comes over and is like, "Why don't you go back to where you came from, you dumb foreigner? This is America. We speak English here." You know, and it's, you know, and every, we've all like everyone that lives in America has, has if you're not, if you haven't experienced that personally, then you know, the trope, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's a stereotype that, that has roots in reality. Um, but that, that's not, yeah. Like I, I don't view that as being unique to America. That that's everywhere around the world. You know, you can go to Sendai and there's somebody angry at me for speaking English in Japan the same way. Like, I'm sure if you go somewhere uh, here in Minneapolis speaking Japanese, there will inevitably be some Trump hoarding motherfucker that's like, why are you speaking Japanese? This is America, man. Speak English. Like it's uh, asshole. Assholes are a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated by the, I, like uh, uh, the, the experiences that Jeffrey counts of people of color and black people and that have escaped overt racism uh because i i do think of japan like i mean most countries in this world are like they don't necessarily have the same racial dynamics as the west but Mm -hmm. they any places in this world are based on weird racism you know and like everybody anybody that that is at least somewhat acquainted with Asia is familiar with the idea of like, well, you know, the Japanese, the Koreans and Chinese all hate each other based on, you know, the politics of World War II and and moving forward from that time. And, you know, everybody like there's deep rooted racial divisions and kind of racial animosity based on this political situation. And that's that's true. Like, I've seen that I've seen, you know, like anti-immigrant groups parading around in Japan. And I wouldn't have known they were anti-immigrant groups, except the people I was with were like, oh, look at this, you know, Japanese nationalist people like doing this weird protest. This is so weird because normal Japanese people don't feel this way. But here are these fucking assholes and we hate them. I'm like, yeah, I guess that, you know, I guess that happens here, too. You know, Uh, but I do think that, you know, the kind of. Well, I don't know. I'm speaking as a, you know, just random ass white guy that, you know, runs around in his own life. But I, I am, I do think that the kind of racism that we see in Japan and in other places in Asia, I think has more, less to do with like the kind of hardcore animosity as is seen in the U S and more to do with like a dehumanizing, um, um, like tokenism and a dehumanizing sense of, of like, Oh, like it's so weird, you know, like, and, and I'm thinking of like the stereotypical story of like a black guy goes to China. They have never seen a black person before because it's a small village. So they all wander around pointing at him being like, look at this fucking create, like, does this guy have a tail? You know, like what in the fuck? Like I, I didn't even know that this was humanly possible, you know? And mm. that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't come across as being this the same style of overt racial animosity as we see in the u.s like right like this person is not just about to get lynched for being black the way that that you know may well pan out and often does pan out in the u.s but it's still a kind of racism you know that is based on you know this this sense of you know dehumanizing othering um but also you know what do i know about it because i'm just some fucking random you know, white American. So, you know, my viewpoint is 
slanted and, and not as informed as many other people yeah. becomes. Mm-hmm. And well, it just brings me back to this, you know, anime doesn't really talk about these things. They don't really express politics or race. And this show definitely tries to tackle it in some way, some shape or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it was successful, but I guess take it, take it for what it is. Maybe at the end of the day, like even though it has some problems, they're at I least think, trying to say something about it, you know, especially because yeah. we just got off of watching BNA who also tried to say something about mm-hmm. it. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, they'll, they'll get better at explaining their viewpoints when they've talked about it more, when they've educated themselves more. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, um, not maybe not specifically Japan Sinks, but definitely BNA, I felt like was made for an American audience. Um, mm. And I feel like the racism that they talked about in that could have definitely um, been applied to the U.S. issues, but nobody's saying enough about it because I don't feel like they're talking enough about it in their own country because mm-hmm. they don't have to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I have a anecdote about this actually takes place in China, but my, my friend Kiasu, who is a Japanese guy, was on tour in China with his band and was recounting to me about how he would see signs in restaurants that said, no dogs, no Japanese. And at various points, he would have to like he would be wearing a baseball cap and he would have to kind of like pull the cap over his face to hide the fact that he was actually Japanese. Hmm. Wow. So I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, these these countries are just like anywhere else in the world, right? Like they have their own like weird problems and shit the same way we have our own weird problems in America. And I definitely don't think that Japan is some kind of great utopia for like, oh, this is how society should be. Everything's so much better. Like they got their own fucking, yeah, they got their own fucking weird problems out the wazoo. Just like, yeah, yeah, just like everywhere else does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want a place like that, you have to go to the Netherlands, apparently, or Sweden, according to to Trump. Um, Yeah. I mean, these countries (laughs) are pretty fucking cool in my opinion. And they, they They have cool things about them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they, there's the saying that every Finn has a knife, you know, yeah. like Finland, Finland's a crazy place. Lots of interesting characters in this country. I want to go back mm. really bad. <laughs> All right. So we wrap up our little review. Anything else we want to add? <laughs> it was supposed to be a, uh, yeah, that's the episode. Quick, yeah. Quick thi- it was going to be a quick, you know, 30, 40 minute uh, review. Sorry, we can never stop talking. This ten, yeah, the ten episode show. There's a lot to be said actually about it, which is, I mean, if we planned better, we could have done a whole episode. But we could have. Yeah. Do we want to be the podcast that's only reviewing Netflix shows? I don't think so. We promise you, this is our last Netflix review for the next two or three months. Yeah, Netflix, say a year. Netflix, you better not put any out. Put out any yeah. anime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just saw an announcement actually in Newswise. No. Netflix show. It's that Yojimbo show with the rabbit. Do you guys remember that comic book? Yeah, Yojimbo. Nope. Don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a white rabbit uh, character in a samurai outfit. Yeah, he's a samurai rabbit. It was big in, I think, the 90s. Um, 
Yeah, so they're making a, I guess it's a 3D animated series on Netflix. I mean, I guess I'll watch it, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else coming down the pike that okay, good. is noteworthy that we <laughs> need to fucking review it. <laughs> All right, do we want to get into some overhyped anime? So along those lines, for this episode, I watched Demon Slayer, which I have Hell not yeah. seen before. Hell this is yeah. a show that both of you guys are really champion, and so does everybody else. I've, I've seen the merchandise in Hot Topic. I've seen cosplayers at conventions out the wazoo. And, you know, I did think that this show lived up to the hype, but it, it simply did not connect for me. Like, I, it just did not really hit me in the gut the way that I was expecting it to. And I could not... I could not, I couldn't tell you why, because I literally, I, I do think that this show is basically flawless, right? Like there's nothing really wrong with it. it does everything right, you know, for this, you know, it is a genre exercise shonen show. It hits every mark of this genre. It executes everything very well. I feel like if I watched this show at 21, this would be my favorite show in the game. But at 33, it just didn't, it just didn't really hit for me. What are you saying about us then? <laughs> I think I'm, I think what I'm saying is that I personally have changed in a way that I had not recognized until I saw this show that I mean, somewhere along the line, it no longer, it, it stopped being enough just to have, you know, this main character battle train, you know, battle, train, and battle again. There was not enough, like, that's the thing, like, everything about the show is great. Like, the fight choreography is awesome. The, there's a very well, you know, a very uh, well-done balance between, you know, these people are fighting based on raw strength, you know, so, like, the people that are stronger will win versus their tactics at play and they have more interesting fight choreography and fight, um, pay, you know, pacing of these fights because there's more, yeah, tactic and strategy and how they're going to, uh, you know, work around their opponents and, and their their strategies. But it is a well balanced show in that way, uh, and it's not like you know, I'm I'm tempted to say like, well, there's just not enough burning manly spirit, but there is, right? This guy is routinely being like. Oh, I'm in so much pain, but I will overcome. And that really should have me be like, I too will overcome. Fuck yeah, <laughs> man. I feel you. But I just never I just never really felt that way. You didn't like Inosuke's burning manly passion? That's you know, I Inosuke was very cool, but I maybe it was like too much. Like these characters came across almost more like caricatures. Hmm. You know, like Inosuke you know, it was like clearly this certain, you know, trope of character and they, and it is like, okay, it's like a picture perfect example of this trope, but it, it just feels like kind of empty and same with the other, with the electricity guy who is also a, a certain kind of trope, but it, it just feels like it's, it's too over the top, you know, it like kind of stopped being funny and started being just annoying. And that, that I don't, 
but again, I don't view that as like the show's fault. I view that as my fault, really. Like, I don't think the show should have done anything different because it is kind of a picture perfect example of how this stuff is supposed to be. I, I think it's just I myself have changed relation to this genre in relation to how this art comes across where, you know, now you know, I was, I was a man of Naruto. Now I'm a man of legend of the galactic heroes. <laughs> 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 yeah. I feel like when I feel like when you can't relate to the characters is when the anime doesn't hit for you as well, because like, uh, I, like, like we were saying before, like the characters in Tokyo magnitude, didn't hit for me so that anime didn't hit for me whereas like the characters in japan sinks kind of like hit for me more so i was more invested in that in that series and i think that's the same with demon slayer so like i'm super invested in tanjiro and nezuko and how he's going to overcome and get his sister back so everything in there hits for me because you know he's training super hard he's like um, defeating monsters he didn't think he could. He's helping his sister out. His sister's helping him out. It's like this dynamic of character that I relate to because I have a sister and I love to help her out and we help each other out and uh, it's a back and forth thing. Um, so I get it, but I can see why someone wouldn't like it because Inosuke and Zenitsu are two character tropes that I normally would not not like at all. Like they would mm. annoy the shit out of me. But because they bring that different dynamic to the group, um, I kind of like overlook the annoyingness. You know what I mean? Yeah, and these characters really have great moments where they shine, right? When yeah. when Zenit Zenitsu 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 when Zenitsu actually fights. I mean, again, his choreography is fucking he amazing. Is a fucking boss. His character design looks so <laughs> badass when he goes into fight mode. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like really brilliant scenes when he actually gets to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm especially thinking of when they get jealous of Tanjiro at the end of the show, and they start training harder when they're in the Butterfly Woman's um, complex. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like, man, like look at them go. Like this is cool. Like they're they're uh, you know they're feeling that that burning manly spirit of wanting to keep up with the Joneses. Is that really something you feel a burning manly spirit about? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, but, when your friends are succeeding more than you are, you kind yeah, of like you kind you, of feel like, man, I need to like step up my fucking. Yeah, game. exactly. What you feel you feel inspired as well, and certainly when mm -hmm. I see my friends succeed, I too feel inspired and want to work harder. So I yeah I that that stuff. But it seemed like, man, you know, these guys are actually quite cool. And I, I'm like really into, um, yeah, their characters and their arcs. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not like, like, I'm going to watch the rest of it. And, and I say that in so far as like, there's a movie and then there's another anime show coming. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. manga is now completed. It's now completed. Right. That's what yes. I understood. So how long is this going to be in the end? Um, I'm not sure. Cause I haven't read the manga because I am living for the anime so um i would i'm there's what like a how many chapters do you know jeff i feel like there's at least three se three seasons worth of content yeah i do know that i wonder if they're going to do a pull a um into the abyss made in made abyss, abyss. Made in abyss. Made um in this make films to complete the series I would be and not do it. the actual TV series. Ugh, I would not like that. Yeah. These, I think, I think that would be a bad decision. 
that would be such, they're already capitalizing so much on merchandising. Like they just need to yeah. put out three, three seasons and then fucking like collector's edition, like Blu-rays. Well, the next people will buy it. The next story arc is a movie that's confirmed, right? I mean, yeah. it says mm-hmm. it at the end of this anime show, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the whole rest of the thing necessarily has to be movies. Yeah. I thought for sure that they had already announced a second season of the anime show. I think they were waiting for the manga to be completed before they release any other things of like what Word. they're going to do. Okay. Um, yeah. There's 21 volumes from the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's 26 episodes. I don't, I guess we could probably like divide it, but who knows how they're going to break it up, break it down. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's no filler it. And I think that's what made it so flawless mm-hmm. is the fact that it never felt like they were putting fluff into it. Everything move in a great pace mm-hmm. and there wasn't it never felt like there was room they're wasting time everything mm-hmm. felt important to the mm-hmm. plot and to these yeah. characters stories and how they're gonna succeed um yeah and I, as we say that i think one of the current trends in anime is to just make quality product, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm really loving this trend, by the way. <laughs> like, like this. Is thank now, you for <laughs> thank you for making a complete thing and like, yeah, not, you know, not pushing it too far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think My Hero Academia and the success of My Hero Academia has really opened the doors to the idea that you can make uh, these kind of large scale, long form shonen style shows while also making them seasonal. And people will maintain interest in them, and they will maintain merchandise sales, even if there are breaks, you know, from season to season. It does not have to be a weekly continuous thing. That is that is undoubtedly a great step forward for the craft of anime, and opens the door to this genre of show is getting so much better. And we see that, right? We see like My Hero Academia, like on the one hand, like yeah, nothing is better than One Piece in the world, but you know. In practice, My Hero Academia is categorically better, so episode for episode, than something like Naruto or Bleach. You know, I agree is- with you on that sense, but like, I don't think My Hero Academia is the 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 pinnacle of making a thing and completing it. I think My Hero Academia has dragged on a little bit too long. You mean as a Does show? Bring- yeah, yeah. That brings to the question is, is it overhyped? Is, is or, Demon Slayer overhyped or is Acad- My Hero Academia overhyped? Because most shonen series tend to be the most popular series. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them aren't that great, like in terms of it being yeah, anime. Like Naruto is completely overhyped because there's so many flaws and so much filler. And like, you, there's, there's no, it's very hard to follow the linear story if you're watching it episode to episode because there's so much filler. Whereas like, Demon Slayer didn't really have any filler and it yeah. felt complete. The it's season true. felt complete as much as like, I want to know what's happening with the Hashiras and like what happens to Nezuko. Like it felt complete in it in, in that 26 episode run. Yes. I agree. Um, whereas like mm. my hero academia, I think is like the most overhyped because in the beginning it felt really well paced and it felt really thought out and it felt like they were doing exactly what, they wanted to do with the series but like as uh as season like four is airing i'm just like guys like what are you doing like what is, what what is the last part of like the ser- the the season doing 
at all mm. to the to the plot at all. Like what? Nothing really. Yeah, I I am sympathetic to your opinion, but I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've had and I've had my issues with My Hero Academia since the very beginning. Like I didn't start watching My Hero when it was airing, um, just because of how many people were like, "Oh my god, this is so great! This is like the best anime that's coming out." And like, I get why people like it because I think it has a lot of Western influence, and hmm. I think it appeals to a wide range of people. But the first episode. I've watched like three times because I could not get past it. And I think really? that the, the world building that they try to do was completely off base. Like really? there's so many things about the first episode where I'm just like, why, why are you presenting it in this way with these characters? And like, I just like, don't understand. There's like, you know, human creatures, there's like villains, there's like giant people with big muscles. There's like people that can do water stuff. There's like a whole mashup of things that like, just like don't make sense in like a linear fashion. Like if I'm trying to get into the world of my hero academia, there's so many rules that I don't know hmm. that like you're introducing all at once. Interesting. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you remember the first episodes of Naruto and bleach? Uh, I only watched Naruto. Do you remember the very first episode? I mean, it's, 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 been, a, it's been a long time. Yeah, I happened to rewatch <laughs> it recently with, with, okay. my friend's, with my friend's son, so it is a little bit fresh to my mind. But to be clear, I do think Naruto is overhyped, and I don't... If, I, yeah. if it wasn't the first anime that I watched, I probably would not like it as much yeah, as I did. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... It, <laughs> You know, I, it is it is it is impossible for me to go back and rewatch Naruto. Even though I am a fan of Naruto, mm -hmm. I cannot see myself actually watching it again mm -hmm. in my life. It's simply too slow, and, <laughs> yeah. and there's, there's just simply like not rewarding. I've gotten everything from it that I I could possibly get. Mm -hmm. But I the reason I ask about the first episodes of these shows is is just because I'm curious how we would compare the first episode of my hero academia to its peers first episodes like do we think that mm. these kinds of problems are just like this is a a problem that many shonen shows have or is this something mm -hmm. that is unique to my hero academia or you know does my hero academia tackle this better or worse than bleach did or naruto did because mm -hmm. i and and i personally i understand what you say um that is a good point. I personally did not have those feelings towards the first episode of My Hero Academia. I thought it was pretty interesting and, and kind of captured my interest enough straight from the get-go. And I think it is, it is more exciting and interesting than, than the first episode of Naruto and what I remember of the first episode of Bleach. Mm -hmm. I, I think of both of those as being like, they introduce you only to the main character and just have like, a broad sense of of the world around them but you it takes more and more time to actually get more integrated into the world those first episodes are always like you know this is naruto he's the class screw up you know and it's it's just kind of shallow and boring you know i i, I didn't think my i don't i didn't think my hero academia had that problem it kind of you you frame this as a bad thing, which is fair, but I think it's a good thing that it kind of throws you into the deep end and just like you know, there's stuff happening right off the get go that, that like 
feasibly hook you. You know, mm-hmm. if you watch just the first episode of Naruto, there's like, you know, it's, it's its own little self-contained story and it's not really like all that, like I would not feel compelled to watch the next episode of Naruto, you know, except for like, I've decided to watch Naruto and I will, you know, watch it. Whereas yeah. next episode of My Hero Academia, I'd be more apt to watch it to see what happens. Mm. See, I'm I'm more sympathetic to kids that are bullied than kids that are crybabies. <laughs> so Word. I Fair. I I really I really like felt for Naruto, you know, because like he was just trying to live his life, you know, as a little orphan boy, and everybody was picking on him. And then like here's Izuku, like oh my god, look at all these heroes. When I'm not a hero, when mom, can I be a hero? Eh. So like yeah, I feel that. <laughs> that's fair. That's just like that's just me personally because um, I just connect with bullied characters, you know. So what other shows? I think I think Dragon Ball Z would be the, would be a great example of another yeah. overhyped series. Because yeah, you got to add Shonen the Z show. on there. <laughs> yeah, because the and, cause Dragon Ball is good. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Ball is still worth watching, mm-hmm. and I think still holds up even though it's. Like thirty years old, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that is. Uh, I think a lot of people hated Z, and for good reason. Um, it's very slow pace. There's a lot of filler involved. It takes Goku three or four episodes to do one attack. Ugh, same thing with Naruto. Like, can y'all just yeah. like hurry it up? Which is like, I do think My Hero Academia is overhyped, but I do credit them for the fights not being five episodes long <laughs> like they yeah. do get to the point and the animation is usually really good and the choreography is usually really good and there's a lot of like character driven elements to it so like it's overhyped but i like it so yeah it, it's got a nice middle ground between the character driven fight fighting of one piece versus the more choreographed and technical aspects of something like naruto Mm-hmm. It has a little bit of both of these worlds, and, and I think it does okay. Yeah. Um, I can't really speak to Dragon Ball Z, though, because I haven't seen Dragon Ball Z. I've only seen Dragon Ball. Yeah, I, I watched okay. Dragon Ball Z when I was a little kid on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like, liked it ew, boy show. I'm not watching <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was cool. I was well, then the, the antithesis of that would be Sailor Moon, then. Yeah, I hate it. Is Sailor that overrated? <laughs> yes, I think so. I will say that to the end of the earth, just because I know that, 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 that that's a lot of people's first anime. And mm-hmm. I do think that it is a good show, but so many people talk about it like it's some like crazy masterpiece. And I just like don't see it. <laughs> like, I think the animation is cool, especially in the first like two, like one to two seasons. Like, I think the animation is cool. I think Usagi's cool. I think that's cool that she's fighting for what she believes in. And she's like enlisting all of this like woman power to like help her. But I don't know. These, so is these it shows are like hooking shows, right? They hook, they hook the, the viewer uh, who people who aren't fans initially mm-hmm. and you become a fan you watch these shows, and then after about a year or two, you drop off, right? You kind of like, eh, I'm over animated. I've I've grown out of it. Yada yada yada, mm-hmm. and it never goes beyond that. And I think these shows are overhyped because of that. Um, if you go back, can you go back and rewatch them? And can you watch it uh, objectively and and still say this show is good? Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think a, a lot of time the general audience. I think a lot of times people um, associate good with like nostalgia. So like I I think Naruto is good because that was my first anime and I loved it and it gave me, you know, a reason to live. But like I don't think Sailor Moon is good because it wasn't my first anime. I watched it a little mm. bit later on in life, you know. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't connect with the characters as much as someone who was probably the same age as Usagi watching Usagi fight, uh, fight people and, you know, help her friends out. Naruto's got some fucking great parts to it, though. Who could ever forget Lee Verscara? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oof. Mm. Actually, one of my um, one of my friends has been rewatching Naruto and literally texting me at every like pinnacle point. Like what the fuck is happening? Like this show is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I know beach. That's why I told you to watch it. <laughs> but so yeah. it, it, as Jeff has kind of pointed out, every one of these shows is more or less a, I mean, Sailor Moon is not a long form shonen style show, but it's like not so distant from that. And those are just, I, I feel like these are just the kind of shows that get marketed, you know, like this is, these are the most easily accessible ones. I think there's like a lot in all of them that is very general. Like a lot of people can take away something from it and like it. And I think mm-hmm. that's why they get so popular. And then it's really easy to merchandise something if a lot of people are into it. And so then the merchandising kind of just like perpetuates people going back and watching the anime. Like if you see me walking down the street with a Naruto hoodie on, like you're probably going to be like, oh, that's a cool hoodie. I've never seen Naruto. And I'm going to be like, yeah, beach, you got to go watch it. You know, <laughs> like, so then it, yeah. it, it lends itself to continuing on kind of like Attack on Titan, like Attack on Titan. Uh, I was just going to say, um, yeah. I used to wear an Attack on Titan hoodie all the time when it was airing i loved attack on titan it was like the end all be all anime that was airing and i was like yes i'm into this this is like a weird like crazy like dark universe and whenever i wore my attack on titan hoodie everyone stopped me like oh i really like your hoodie or i love attack on titan or like they gave me the hand the hand sign with their hands on their chest you know um I just did it right now on our yes. on our video chat. He did, yeah. he did, he did. We should all do it. Great example. I don't know where I went with that sentence, but it ended. So. <laughs> yeah, well, Attack on Titan lives up to the hype, and I'm as we talk about Attack on Titan, I'm wondering what what shows that are not long form shonen style shows have breached this level of hype and popularity. I'm going to throw one out and I don't know if either of you have seen it, but I think something that's like not long form, like, um, uh, Maho Shoujo Madoka Magica is one of those series that like everyone hypes as being like the pinnacle magical girl anime and is like a masterpiece. Yeah. What do you guys think about it? Oh, I agree. I love it. I've, I've watched it twice and I, I think it lives up to the hype to a T and I understand every reason why this is a, a, yeah, why this is a masterpiece of the genre. Yeah. It's not a genre that I really care that much about, but it's, I mean, it's fucking great. There's no denying it. I, I think it lives up to the hype for sure. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't, 
I, I can't muster the, ener- the, the strength to watch it because I'm not. <laughs> not You're not a I'm, magical girl. Girl. I, I don't hate those, <laughs> those types of shows by any means, but um, there's a part of me, I guess because of the hype, like it's supposed to be that, that great of a show. It's supposed to be a great example of, mm-hmm. of that genre. Um, but I think I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched Creamy Mommy and uh, <laughs> Fancy Lala. Oh, I love yeah. Fancy Lala. <laughs> you know, I've watched some of those series and I, I'm just like, mm. There's also one. There's also one that was popular in like 2000. You guys can refresh my memory. It was um, how's the manga Dio? No, no, Jeff knows that one. Jeff showed me that one. It it was a show. Are you talking about Magical Pretty, Girl? Pretty an Idol. No, I'm not gonna get it. It's like an idol type idol show. Serial mm. experiments lean. <laughs> <laughs> The show I was thinking of is called Fumun o Sagashite. There's yeah. there's a two there's a two episode OVA series from 1995 called Idol Project, where idols go to an alien universe, and that is my favorite idol Damn. anime. You need to review that. Hell yeah, Beach! It's so good. <laughs> oh my god! I made a giant five foot by like seven foot painting with a a bunch of uh, scenes from oh, that's cool. that anime because I loved it so much. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Sword Art Online might be another good. I wanted to example. say that I didn't like Modoka Magica. <laughs> oh, you don't like it? Why not? No, I think the two, the blending of the the two different animation styles, really like threw me off, and I didn't huh. didn't get didn't get it. Interesting. Didn't didn't get me like everyone else did. Yeah, it it didn't have the kind of like epic emotional resonance that a lot of people ascribe to it. Right. Like yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. like breaking out into tears. Yeah. I uh, did not shed my manly Kaiji tears, but <laughs> I can acknowledge this fucking. Yeah. I mm-hmm. see why other people feel that way about it. Mm. I think it just like, didn't hit for me as, as hard just because I don't know. It wasn't like mature enough. Like I know that it's hmm. like there are a lot of mature themes, but I just felt like I could not put myself in the place of these characters. Hmm. And that's for me when I'm watching anime. If I can't do that, I'm probably not going to like it. Interesting. I do think Kyuubi's really cute, though. Yeah, would you sell your soul to Kyuubi? No, but I would want to have him as a pet. Hmm. <laughs> All right, what, what were we, we going to dive into? SAO, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Not good. <laughs> not good. Not we good. can all agree on it not being good. <laughs> right? Well, I'm thinking of like decades, and I feel like this is one of the biggest from 2000 to 10s, right? Yeah. That, that sort of line is... I mean, I like the first season. It was, mm. it was when they got to the cabin and um, all of that situation that I fell off. Plus, like... All the, well, what season were was she like trapped in a cage and a guy was trying to have sex with her? That was season four, wasn't it? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped watching partway through that. I, I couldn't hack it anymore. I wanted I mean, to see what the hype was about, so I watched it. And I, I uh, similar like the first season has a lot of terrible parts, but um. 
has a lot of like, yeah, terrible moments, but also I, I personally enjoyed their uh, love story that was actually not wishy-washy, but was more like grounded in reality. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. direct. Same. I thought it was really cool. And season two kind of cooled off season three with the gun gale stuff. I thought was pretty good. I liked and the gun gale. Four, I couldn't even get through it. Yeah. Well, if I, I think if we take away anything from this, I think people should watch, um, gun gale online alternative, um, which is, uh, I think the same writer of SAO wrote it, but then someone else, took it and like made it a little bit better. Um, That's the SAO that I advocate for because I thought that was way cooler than anything that SAO did previously. Hmm. It's the same kind of like virtual MMO kind of game where you get stuck in it, but you don't actually get stuck in it. She can like leave whenever she wants. It's just like, she's creating this like different persona inside the game because she feels inadequate in like her regular life. And then she like, uh, tries to save someone in game. And I it's just really heard that good. the 2020s is not the the decade of getting stuck in a video game. I think we should take a decade off of that genre. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I agree. Make something that's not so derivative. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, is this is this a trend because young people play more video games now than ever before? Or is this uh-huh. it's a big I think that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and people play video games for college and like for like money and on ESPN, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Now they should make more video game anime like High Score Girl and less like <laughs> SAO. Yeah, take it retro, baby. Yeah, I get... I guess what I yeah, I guess what I was really getting at was the idea that rather than having characters get stuck in video games, they should make shows about characters who happen to play video games and just make an interesting story in and of itself, you know. Yeah. Black Mirror does a great episode about two cis male men that fight each other oh my gosh that is i love that episode Hmm. that's crazy they make love they do in as their characters like all the time like that to me like take that run with that yeah Hmm. you get serious about that hey man hey you still awake you want a game Uh, maybe not tonight i was uh oh come on what are you playing something goddamn boring (laughs) is what i'm guessing all right you got me all right, so grab the experience with this. I got you. Put it on and jump in. Seriously, man, it's insane. You're going to freak. You're going to shit your pelvis through your asshole. Can that not be about high schoolers ever? Like, no. Can it, can, it, can it be about older people? Grown-ass people. Yeah, fucking grown-ass. <laughs> only grown-ass people have, like, money and time for MMOs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um... Any other overhyped shows? Yeah, throw some um, out. Jeffrey, throw some out there. Yeah. I don't know what's hyped and what's not hyped. Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes deserves every piece of hype. <laughs> See, that's an underrated show. That would be underrated. We could do a whole bunch of shows that are underrated. Mm, yeah. I have, well, you can just like, I can, <laughs> I can just give you my, you should watch this list. <laughs> because <laughs> all, I feel like all the anime that I like are underrated. 
Well, ReZero is another big show. Hell that yeah. Is, yeah. That is very hyped. Have you, either of you seen ReZero? Not yet, but I will. Yeah. Mm, yeah that's, okay. That's on my list of things to... There's so many spinoffs of this show, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of spinoffs that have the characters in them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Isekai Quartet, but that's just because it's an Isekai. So if you don't like the Isekai genre, and if you don't like time travel, then you're not going to like ReZero. Which, like, I know time travel for a lot of people, like, is not it, because time travel is so, <laughs> so just, like, all over the place, and you can make up your own rules, basically. Um... So in ReZero, basically, the main character can, um, he, if he dies, he can go back to a save point in the, in the universe and restart everything over. Mm. So it's like restarting back to zero, which is why it's called ReZero. Um, and he experiences situations over and over and over again. And the characters that aren't him don't get to experience that. And he's not allowed to tell anyone because if he tells someone, he'll die because that's the conditions of this, this like thing that he has. So he'll okay. get, he'll, he'll progress in like the game. It's, they, they like make it seem like it's a game or it's like another world, but it's like really not because he's living out his life as this person in this world. And he, gets attached to certain characters and um, they either make it or they don't. And then he's like, okay, well I'm, I've got to kill myself so that I can go back to a point before this time and save the person or like make the outcome, do something differently so that the outcome is different. Um, and sometimes it is different and sometimes it's not. And he has to keep repeating that same thing over and over again. So he builds up his relationship with the other characters in the series, like so much more than the other characters build up with him. And you know what that sounds a lot like? What? Science Gate. Well. Speaking of hyped anime. Um, yes, that does sound a lot like Science Gate, but Science Gate is way better in my opinion. Really? You think yeah. Steins Gate lives up to the hype? Yeah, I, I don't think it lives up to the hype because it is slow. So if you don't like that kind of thing, if you don't like time travel, if you don't like uh, otakus doing otaku stuff, like if you don't like uh, things restarting all the time, then like you're probably not going to like either of those anime and it will be overhyped for you. But the characters in Steins Gate are so much like more nuanced than they are in ReZero. And I connect with them on such a different level because they're just otakus, you know, being nerdy in their nerdy clubhouse. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, yeah. Well, I got to mention at least Bleach before this is over. Oh, I haven't seen Bleach. And just go back to the Shonen Jump shows. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I think an important one to mention, though, is Neon Genesis. Uh, Evangelion. Yeah, yeah, Evangelion. I think mm. for a lot of people, this show just uh, didn't do anything for them. I can see why. Mm. I can mm. see why. And some people really hate this show. <laughs> we're, just, we're just shitting all over Dan's mm. favorite shows. <laughs> I'm not saying this is my opinion, but you know, this is... Uh, <laughs> 
this is a this can be a consensus for a lot of people. Like, this I is mean, not- I feel like people that don't like Evangelion didn't see it when it aired. I feel like people that don't like Evangelion may not like anime. <laughs> 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 I'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I realize that's kind of harsh because it's certainly like anime is a broad thing. It's certainly possible to just not be into a uh, you know a uh, like psychoanalytical art piece involving giant robots. Yeah. Um, you could spend your life watching Isekai and never encounter something like Evangelion or think twice about it. And that's a perfectly you, reasonable anime experience for yourself. Yeah, if you hate if you hate Ava, then you better have a really good excuse why you don't. That's just all. I, that's all I can say. And I'll respect your opinion. You know, I'll respect <laughs> that you don't like it. If you can explain yourself why you don't <laughs> like yourself. it. Yeah. If any of you listening love these shows and like think we're shitting on them, we're just not. We're yeah. just like trying to play devil's advocate here. Exactly. <laughs> because the reason there's a reason why these shows are popular in the first place. Yeah. You know, and, and I and, like a lot of these shows that we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Evangelion is perfect. <laughs> every piece I don't of think life. that, but <laughs> deserves every piece of critical but. praise that has come its way over the years. Shall we talk about your name as well? Also, uh, the masterpiece <laughs> of the modern times. Deserving of every piece of critical praise heaped on it and more is the most important anime film of our generation, in my opinion. So you've only talked about series. We need to talk about films as well. Mm, Yeah, I don't think of that about your name, but (laughs) I I also liked your name. So, yeah, your name definitely crushed me and spit me back out as a new person. You know, it was a tremendous piece of work i think you like your name if you like um the emotional parts of it but if you really paid attention to uh all of the um like scientific or like time travel stuff you probably didn't like your name Hmm. why do you feel that way um i mean i just didn't think that I just didn't think it was that great. <laughs> it was the- like there, there, like they, there's so much going on. <laughs> there's so much going on. Like there's time travel. There's body swapping. There's a religion that they don't explain very well. Um, there's this like ritual that happens that's like apparently the pinnacle of everything in the movie that you don't really like see until it like matters and then there's obviously like the theme of the red string of fate that they Mm. hint at but if you weren't japanese you probably wouldn't know how like integral that was to the story and i felt like they needed to explain that part more because i personally know about the red string of fate theme because i just think that it's really cool um and there are a couple of anime that um have those themes um, that I would watch more <laughs> because they explain it a little more. And it's just something that I'm super interested in. Um, and they didn't explain it very well. 
And the guy even said his movie was incomplete and don't watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just, that's just a, a man being humble. Mm. The, uh, I do agree that the time travel angle is arbitrary in a way that, yeah, could come across as being underdeveloped. But I prefer to think of it as the power of their destiny and the power of their fates being intertwined. And it's just so damn romantic. Is it, it, though, it really I, hits for me. Is it really that romantic? When they're, when they're at that, that last scene, when they're on the stairway and they pass each other and they're both like, kind of like, uh, you know, and then they both <laughs> turn around and are like, do we know each other? That's romantic, man. You've never want like I want that to happen. I want Morgan and I to not know each other anymore, and then we pass each other, and I turn around and I'm like, "Wait, don't I actually know you?" you yeah, know? but in what timeline was that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the uh, that's the guy's timeline because he went back and saved the girl. <laughs> mm-hmm, Amelia mm-hmm, is shaking mm-hmm, her head like she's mm-hmm. just trying to appease me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it makes sense. To me. <laughs> it makes sense if you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> well, he goes now. He so he transfers the knowledge of the asteroid back mm-hmm. to the, <laughs> <laughs> Amelia's. <laughs> Yeah, through her soul that she chewed up and spit out into this bottle that magically is still there after however many years. Yeah, but that's not that's not magic. Like, how many people are going into that little cavern? They say and it's magic. Like, they say that it's magic. Well, yeah, the fact no, no, no the fact the fact that that <laughs> that so the magic is the fact that her bottle of of spit rice sake gets uh, you know allows for the red string of fate. To pull her personality back to the twilight, that is the magic. But the fact that her bottle of sake is still there is just common sense because there ain't nobody going into that cavern and being like, I'm just going to take this little bottle of sake because I'm thirsty right now. You know, that, that, that intuitively makes practical sense. I, I feel like it wouldn't have, I feel like it wouldn't be there. I feel like, like the, are, well, the liquid wouldn't like, have go, been there. Like, go, go, go spit in an empty water bottle. And then just just like put it outside, <laughs> put it in your backyard, and it'll still be there in a year because nobody's going into your backyard to fuddle with anything other than you. I feel like it would evaporate. <laughs> <laughs> point, point taken. <laughs> hmm. Mm-mm-mm. You're gonna have to agree to disagree. I think. Yeah. I- <laughs> 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 mm. I'm thinking of like big movies now. Do you th- have you seen Akira, Amelia? Yeah. If you if you haven't seen Akira and you like anime, with like what what are you doing? <laughs> Wasn't there supposed to be a new Akira I, this year? What the fuck happened to that? TV series, oh I believe. Oh my god, why? It was announced, I think, a year ago. Yeah. It better not be on Netflix. It better, what? better not be on oh, Netflix. You gave me a heart attack. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to speak more clearly into my microphone. It is, it is one of my favorite anime films. And I think... I see. I can see if somebody wanted to argue with me and be like, it's so overhyped. It doesn't make any fucking sense. 
It's Akira. I think it makes perfect sense. That's that's the argument. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think it. It transcends. I feel like. And people still talk about it till to today. Yeah. And you know, I think it. As far as animation goes, in any movie, it's like one of the best. Yeah, it still looks. Oh. So it looks okay. great. Mm-hmm. Immaculate, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's almost digital, some of the scenes, because they cleaned it up so well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, was there, so, I mean, really, what happened to the new Akira? Like, was there any kind of announcement that, like, this is being delayed? This is not happening anymore. I haven't heard anything recently. I know he's making a movie called Orbital Era, uh, but that's, I'm sure that's been delayed. I bet you a lot of this has just been delayed in general. Mm-hmm. So we had yeah, have any news of COVID. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think we had had hopes of hearing about it this year because that's what the world needs. Is it an Akira TV series? And then I, I think I had done once well, it done, <laughs> done yeah. well, when it's done well and it looks great. Then I probably just stopped being a fan after that. <laughs> I'll just stop watching anime altogether. <laughs> I hope not. What I had we, someone tell me what that. What are we going to do about the podcast if you don't like anime anymore? <laughs> uh, when I was younger, uh, this guy worked at Pandora's Q, which is an anime video game store. And uh, I guess he was an anime dropout. He's like, yeah, I saw Akira back in 88. And uh, that was it. After that, I stopped becoming a, I was. I stopped being a fan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. He's like, this is the pinnacle. I don't need to see any more. I was like, damn, man, that's that's a serious statement. Really like, sick, bra. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, that's too brutal an opinion for me. I mean, here is great, sure, but there's a lot of great things in this world. Mm-hmm. One great thing does not negate the rest of the greatness, <laughs> unless, of course, you just don't really care that much about the format in general. You know? Yeah, maybe that's what he really wanted to say. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we have our website as well. If you want to check out our p- previous episodes um, on www.otakuhostclub.com. Not very hard to find. Uh, we do need to update it, though, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, okay, there's new artwork. Amelia. Yes. So good. Us. So good. As delicious kind of retro anime characters. It is really great. You guys look extremely thank attractive. You. Thank you, thank you. Also, um, if you were wanting to know, the the anime sky background is from a screenshot of an episode of Cross Game. Oh, yeah. uh, that's cool. Like, Very oh cool. God. Right? So tasteful. That's right? awesome. I called it. I, I wish I had said something because I watched it today <laughs> and I saw that fucking background. Hell yeah, like, baby. That looks exactly like <laughs> what, what Amelia used for our background. And what do you know? It's the same show. <laughs> I'll be damned. You know, just trying to keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Okay, don't. Because I don't want to get a copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. 
Check us out Thanks on Instagram. Please join the Discord. Um, we have a couple new Discord members, but I think we all know them in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean and Chris, thanks for thanks for joining our Discord. Also, shouts out to Mitch from the Talking to Anime podcast. He also joined our Discord. Um, it's been fun having you guys. New York